Hello, everybody, and we are back with another episode of the Red and Blue Podcast. Woo! It is time again because we had the second leg of our Champions League round of 16 the last time we recorded. Uh, we were getting ready for that, and we now know the eight teams uh, that are left in the quarterfinals, and we also know the, the directions in which they'll take to get to the semifinals. Yep. Uh, we I guess it's a little quicker turnaround. Usually it's like three weeks, a month in between uh, podcasts. But yeah, just because uh, we had the Champions League round of 16 games, figured we'd come back. We Yeah, well, now we know who's playing in the round of eight, and we also know who's going to be playing uh, when they advance. So we figured we'd just like preview all the games and like uh, kind of talk about the games that happen. So. Yeah, it's going to make some teams uh, in the Premier League have definitely some rough stretches coming up because all four of the Premier League teams that qualified for uh, Champions League this year are in the quarterfinals. Yeah. So it's really a testament to the league itself that all four of the teams that qualified last year are still in it this year. Because sometimes you'll have a good year and qualify for Champions and then your team drops off a little bit. Chelsea. Kind of, or the year that Leicester <laughs> won the league and the Bay. Yeah, was, that was an aberration, but yeah. <laughs> and they kind of just fought their way through the Champions League because they knew that was going to be their last time in yeah. for a while. But, um, I mean, yeah, we had the round of 16 and the round of 16 did not disappoint because half of the fixtures all were comeback were comeback victories. Yeah. Not so not all of them, but half of the four of the eight were comeback victories. The biggest one being the Ajax Real Madrid game, because it had been two one in the Netherlands, and then they were going back to Santiago Bernabeu, which Real Madrid just doesn't lose there. Yeah. And they haven't lost there in a long time. Partially because they have Ronaldo. But also mainly because they had Ronaldo, but I But they had done that in the past for a while. They had been a really good team and done that in the past. But the point point made. Regardless, Ajax comes in and just absolutely dismantles them. And I watched the game. It was 4-1, and it was just an absolute beatdown by Ajax, who just outpassed them and really played like an elite team. And they have so much – a lot of their talented players got that uh, that spotlight because they were playing Real Madrid, and they really showed off. Yeah, it was so bad they had to fire their coach and hire yeah. Zidane again. Again. Yeah. <laughs> again. So that's how bad it was. They were like, shit, we're going back to the Zidane. That's how – I, that's how much I scared them. So in less than a year, they've had Zidane. Then they went to uh, Lopentegui. Then they fired him. Then they had Solari. And then they fired him. And, and then they have Zidane again. Back to the Zidane. Hilarious. Uh, so he just wanted a events. little bit of a break. And he's like, oh, now you need me. Yeah, he's like, all right, all right, cool. And it was hilarious. They hired him the next day. He's making signings. He's like, oh, I already know the yeah. building. This is easy. <laughs> like, this is, so that was a little, that was kind of funny that Ajax whooped him that bad. That but, scared him into firing yeah, his coach. I mean, it was, it's big, big ups to Ajax, who I said I thought had a really good chance in the round of 16. And I thought that they could have a Monaco-type run and make it almost to the semis. Uh, we'll talk about their where they got drawn later on in the um, drawn later on in the Champions League, but against Real Madrid, they were just sensational. Yeah. They had Zayic, and they had a guy named David Neres, who's a young kid, and like I said, Frankie De Jong and Matthias De Ligt. Uh, De Jong already going to Barcelona coming up, and then De Ligt staying there. He's actually the captain. We were just talking about this captain yeah, was, at 19 years old. It's fucking weird, but whatever. but he's really a tone setter for their team, and they have moved on to the quarterfinals. And for a Dutch team, you don't really see that very often. Although Ajax does have a history and they're a very historical team yeah they're they're a good team and the dutch they're always a good team and and the dutch are kind of in a down year right now their 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 cycle is over as we know but um they're still like a really good like national team like they have really good talent like always and and for some of these teams that aren't like england and spain some of your 
domestic success will go in line with your cycle of international success. Yeah, and I kind of the point I was kind of getting at is that people just shouldn't forget about the Dutch because they're kind of having a lot a down couple past uh, World Cups um, because they they really they are good at farming talent and once they get back on their cycle uh, they'll be right back in. They're it one of the, the best teams in the world. One of the best teams in the world easily. So once they get back yeah. on their cycle and you know their prospects aren't get back into the you know once they're you know, uh, done with their under 18s and under 21s and stuff like that. And they can pull them up to the first teams, you know, the Dutch are going to be coming. So just nationally speaking, they're really good with talent. So don't count out them. Yeah. So, I mean, that was great to see. And that was a fun game to watch too. They just, they played amazing football. They had so many nice goals to watch. So it was really cool to watch. Obviously Real Madrid bowed out, which was interesting. And, we talked about that with their manager getting fired and signings already happening and probably guys out the door too, because of how they didn't perform in champions league. Oh, no question. Like Gareth you Bale's need, been talked about, you know, you know, Zidane was taking notes that whole time. Like, Oh, I, I, I know who's not playing. I know why you're not playing. And he, and most of these guys, he already knows. He knows. So this was, this is going to be easy for him because he's got to just sit back and assess his team without coaching. And now he can just come in and make all the changes he wants. Like nothing yeah. happened. You know, it was, good situation for him. <laughs> it was great, and Ajax for him, and now and because of and now he'll be back in the building. Hopefully, Real Madrid is able to compete next year, which I think they will. They're yeah, a good yeah, team. they'll be they'll be back, and he's a good manager. Yeah, but uh, Ajax great for them. They move on. Uh, Portal Roma. We thought Ro- we didn't. We don't know much about this fixture, but I mean Roma. We thought would win because they are usually a strong team, and Porto came out and. For, we've kind of forgot that Portos has a history too of being a, a competitive team despite being in a lower division, similar to Ajax there yeah. in the Portuguese division. Mm. Yeah, because um, I think we both picked Roma. I don't know. Yeah, because like the Primera division, the Portu- Portuguese Premier League is not something that people talk about yeah. that much. But Porto, I mean, you go back to those days with Jose Mourinho where right. they won the Champions League. Right. Like they have a history of be, of doing well in this competition. Yeah, it's it's a, very similar to Ajax. They're one of those teams where it's like just because like their domestic leagues aren't that great, you tend to write them off when they're in talks with like a Roma or a PSG or any of these big teams. You tend to be like, oh, okay, whatever. Like who's who's Porto? You know what I'm saying? But again, these are teams that even if like you know nationally they might be lacking or whatever. Or even if they're not nas- like lacking on a national scale, even if their league is lacking, nas- you know, nationally, yeah, it's not their fault. That it's not league. their. It's not their fault. And not only that, a lot of times these teams are still developing top tier talent, and they're you- spending money. And if they, I think they're if they were playing in other leagues, they could probably show that they're a little bit better. Yeah, but because they play in the Portuguese league, the league winning the league title to themselves is not as big because they've done that a hundred times. It's performing in champions league right and and it's like and it's just one of those things where we tend as soccer fans you tend to just gravitate towards the big names and the big signings and the big teams just because that's what's talked about but you forget that there's like millions not millions but a, a shit ton of other teams and a shit ton of other leagues that are signing players and developing talent while these while the big boys are are playing you know what i'm saying and sometimes these teams you know, show up. And I'm not saying Porto or Ajax is one of those teams. Cause like Graham said, they have a history in the league of winning. Uh, so I'm not necessarily saying that, but just like for a, a lot of the smaller divisions, uh, you know, they're developing talent. So when they pop up, you can't count them out. And especially uh, when we get to this uh, 
this point in the in the Champions League. I was talking to Graham. Like at this point, top eight, everybody's talented. There's yeah. you can't count out any team. Like it doesn't matter if they're a big name, a small name, or what have you. They they got to this point, and that that takes skill. That takes talent. So you know, shout out to, shout out to Porto, man. Yeah, I mean, I think they have definitely. We'll talk about them coming up uh, after our break, which will be coming up in a little bit. But uh, I mean, yeah, they performed really well, and I don't see why they don't have a chance coming up in their next leg. Which, again, we'll see how it goes uh, coming up to it. But uh, I mean, obviously, the big leg you want to talk about was man- your team, Man United PSG, and the comeback. Man United won three one uh, in their last leg in the Parc de Prince, and were able to come back and win the game on away goals. Yeah. Uh, they advanced to the quarterfinals. I got to – I mean, if, you know, listeners, you you heard the last podcast, I didn't really give us a chance. I thought we were going to get whooped. Um, even without Neymar, I still thought that we'd, uh, you know, fight hard because we've been playing – we've been playing so well under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. But I really didn't expect us to do much when it came to PSG. Uh, obviously, it's fucking PSG. It's Mbappe. It's – you know, world level talent. So I, I really wasn't expecting much, you know, first leg came and we kind of got smacked, you know? And I was like, Oh, here we go. It is what it is. Fuck it. You know, we'll come back next year. Let's focus on the league. Lo and behold, <laughs> the second leg comes around and we and have we missing a lot of players too. We were missing a shit ton of players. We were missing 10 first team guys, either, you know, hurt, uh, sick, um, a bunch of different stuff was going on. We were missing so many players. So a lot of your youth guys were coming up. A lot of we, we Chong got minutes. Greenwood got minutes. Pogba was out because of a red card. Like there oh, was, yeah, I forgot about there that. was no reason we should have won this game. Um, so the fact that we were able to have the comeback victory, you know, I for, I don't even. Sorry, that's my cat. Uh, he's using the litter box. Uh, so if you guys hear that, that's what that is. But the fact that we were able to come back and have that victory against PSG just, I think, really speaks to, first of all, the level of talent that we have on this team. And second, the type of coaching that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, the type of coach that he is. Because there's no reason that we should have been able to come back missing all of those men and down how we were going away like yeah. there's no way it should have happened so you know going forward um i guess i'm getting ahead of myself i was about to jump into part barcelona but i just think it's really like amazing that we were able to do it but i think it really does speak to you know the level of talent that we have and you know ollie as a coach yeah i mean it was an interesting thing to watch throughout the entire game it was uh i mean manchester united really fought hard to win their this game against PSG and at Parc de Prince, which is a, one of the most difficult places in the world to play. Uh, France, uh, Paris Saint-Germain has, like you said, Marco Verratti and Neymar and who hasn't played, but he had Mbappe and he's had Cavani and all these players and Manchester United was down to their youth team and they came in and they played hard and uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has really done a good job for the team and really made Manchester United a team that, you feel like could make it through into the next stage, maybe even make it into the semifinals. Again, we don't know, but it, they they showed a lot of grit and a lot of a lot of stuff in that comeback. As a Man City fan, it was impressive to see. Yeah, I'm I'm happy with it, but I'm not. As you guys will hear when we talk about us versus Bar- Barca, I'm not. It was it was good, it was great, but I'm not too optimistic yet. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that was a big thing, and then. 
of course that was a big comeback. So we've had all these comebacks, and then of course we have one of the we have the biggest one, which is Juventus and Atletico, where Juventus. Was it the biggest? I mean, didn't it was everyone too- call this? Did not call this on the podcast? Come on, it was. I think it was. I, I think in terms of just like how cool, how amazing it was to watch because it was two nothing, and Atletico Madrid is one of the most best defensive teams in the world. They have been for a long time, and there's also they, choked in champions the past like eight years. But well, I they, but they don't <laughs> they don't give up usually that many goals. Right. It's usually when they give up like one or two goals, and their offense couldn't supplement that. But they'd scored two goals in the first leg, and you thought, okay, they can at least hold serve and get a draw and get out of here. They got beaten by the air, by a very old school style of play. It was kind of interesting to see. It was just crosses, yeah, constantly into the <laughs> box. Uh, uh, unlike Graham, I completely saw this coming. I completely expected Ronaldo to be Ronaldo. Like I said on the podcast, the scenario was set up perfectly for Ronaldo to have one of those games. Lo and behold, he's had one of those games. I've seen him do it for years. I've seen him do it with Man City. I've seen him do it Man with, United, you mean? Or Man, Man United, excuse me. I yeah, wish. Yeah, Man City. But I've seen him do it with Man U. We've seen him do it um, billions of times with Real. And now he's doing it with Juventus. It's just what goats do. So, yeah, it was great. I'm sure, it, you know, I actually didn't watch this game because I knew what Ronaldo was going to do. And when Graham texted me about it, I was like, that's crazy, but completely saw it coming. But so that being said, it's like, it was great to see. I don't know if I would call it the best comeback. I think uh, Porto uh, or Ajax Real was a little bigger. Um, but, but yeah, it was great that Juve won. Like I said, if I think it's going back to like 2012, 2013, you know, Atletico has been ele- uh, eliminated. Excuse me, Atletico has been eliminated from Champions League. So it's just like, as much as you don't want to say that this is like what you expect from a team, it's kind of what you expect from a team. And that piled on the fact that they're facing, you know, in my opinion, the greatest player living right now. You know, it is what it is. <laughs> so, see you next year, Atletico. Maybe. Yeah, it was a good game. So it was f- it was definitely fun to watch and going into these next fixtures, it'll be really nice. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, four of those fixtures were really just nail, not nail bears, but some of them were comeback victories and a lot of, uh, a lot of craziness happening. Whereas the last couple, uh, man city won seven, nothing. <laughs> I, I, I forgot to, I just realized I didn't even put it in the rundown, but I'm like, they won seven, nothing. Yeah, that is disrespectful. Oh, yeah, oh, I'm, I'll say, Oh, I'm called a disrespect. Disrespectful. I've been calling it that all week. I mean, <laughs> if you put in your subs and they score, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Just it's not my fault. You, you know what? I, I would have preferred if they just started playing keep away. Seven fucking goals. Like, Jesus. No, Pep's not about that. I no, know. Pep but ain't gonna... Seven goals. Disrespectful. Just but yeah, they made it through against Schalke. <laughs> and then uh, Liverpool took care of business against Bayern. They won 3-1. Uh, a couple weird mistake errors by Bayern defensively in the game. There's been there's some uh, some drama going on in the with the German players right now, four of them got axed from the national team and most of them play for Bayern Munich. So there's a lot of, a lot of uh, stuff going on there. They did win today. Uh, We're recording this podcast on March 17th and they are at the top of the Bundesliga, but for champions, they got knocked out in the quarterfinals, which for them is a little bit late. You wouldn't expect it for them because Bayern Munich is usually the team that's trying to go for semifinals and champions and all that stuff. So they lost, they lost three, one, but you know, Liverpool is, a, is one of the best teams in the world now. They made the finals last year, so it's not that surprising. Yeah, I think I picked. I think we both picked Liverpool. We did. Yeah, so it, it is what it is. Um, again, Bayern is kind of one of those teams where you're kind of seeing Germany 
And you saw it in the last World Cup where their their uh, cycle is kind of starting to end. A lot of their best players are starting to get a little older. And that being said, like 90% of their – I don't think it's that high anymore. But a lot of their national team plays for Bayern. So you're kind of starting to see Bayern slip a little too. Um, it hasn't been as bad as Germany. I think they've been better in league than they well, they're, they're than in first, They're in first place right now on, point, on uh, goal differential. Yeah, so I'm, so they've, they've kind of held serve when it comes to the league. Um, but you definitely saw that slip uh, nationally. So it's kind of um, you know sad to see them bow out to Liverpool. But that being said, Liverpool is by far a better team. Uh, and I think Byron will be back. So, you know. Yeah. We've, I've, I forgot puts in the run now, but Tottenham Dortmund happened. It was just one nothing. Yeah, yeah pretty boring game. Pretty yeah, Tottenham boring. advanced, which is good for them, honestly. Yeah, I mean, after the first leg, what did we expect? Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, Tottenham making it to the quarters is nice. And then uh, Barcelona took care of business against Olympique Leon. Yeah. Who did well in the first game, but then just got blown up. Just got destroyed. Yeah, 5 1. <laughs> Outclassed. I'd say Messi was playing by really the, well. the other people. You know, player that a lot of people think is the good one yeah. of the better players. Yeah, one of the better players in the in the last in our generation for sure. I mean, it's it. it I'm but, splitting hairs. It's one A, one one B. But regardless, Barcelona they took care of business. They have a lot of talent. Suarez and Usmane Dembele and all, a lot of these young midfielders that they've brought up now that they've been putting into their academy. Yeah, they're they're doing what they should be doing. They won. They're moving on and. It's it's going to be interesting to see what happens with these teams as we go into uh, into the quarterfinal and semifinal draw, and we'll go into those real quick right after uh, right after this break. All right, and we are back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we just want to take a quick break, and then now we're going to get into the quarterfinal and draw, which actually becomes a semifinal draw because what they do is they draw the teams for the quarterfinals in the Champions League, and then they draw out they put the brackets basically in place like you would a uh, a playoff in the in American sports eight teams so they do two teams versus two teams and then those and then the winners face each other and so on so there's eight teams left and right now we can tell they also know when they're going to play in the semifinals so that's a it's a little bit forward thinking but it just lets you know just like who they could play against and potential matchups and things like that which obviously we'll talk about when the time comes but right now the important thing is eight teams are left and for the most part it's a lot of the big names yeah and i'm kind of salty getting into like the actual draw because yeah we'll go into that now um i mean i guess the best news for us as a podcast is that all four premier league teams are left yeah which i mean it's cool because obviously we focus on the premier league and half the half of the teams left are the premier league we, we you know we've been on this premier league is the best team in the world you know best league in the world yeah it's the best league in the world so i'm not that surprised to see four premier league teams left i mean it's the it's the deepest league um most talented league i could go yeah. on so the, the it pro- is what it is the problem is when this happens is that you end up with matchups inside your own league yeah and that's where i'm going into right now because for the second year in a row manchester city drew a domestic team mm. not liverpool thank god i was i i first read that we drew a domestic team i'm like i swear to god if we drew liverpool second year in a row you know break something <laughs> And I was getting ready to, and I saw it was Tottenham. I'm like, I'm still not happy, but it's a little bit better because it's not Liverpool. Right. But it's – I have the same thoughts, and we, we weren't podcasting yet when I made, when I talked about this last year. But I told Olam that I hated playing against domestic teams and that I thought it would bite us against Liverpool. And Liverpool came in and 3-0'd us the first game, and it was over. I don't think Tottenham's going to do that, but I think it's just – it's hard to play a team that you've played in the domestic domestically – for so many years and when a lot of the players are the same. 
because for the last couple of years, a lot of these teams, both these teams have had a lot of the same players add, a, add or give a couple or take a couple players. Right. So Manchester City's played them already this year and they beat them. They played them last year and now they're about to play them both in Champions League and the Premier League yep. in 14 days. So three times in 14 days, Manchester City versus Tottenham. So they're going to have to play base. It's basically like a boxing match, right? At this <laughs> point where they're going to have to go in waves and try to win these rounds essentially. Yeah. But the problem is they're going to have to decide whether they want to go gangbusters in the first leg of the premier league and try to, um, and try to get that big lead against them because then their next time they play them is champions league again. So if they do that, they could rest their players mm. if they do well, but that's the risk is that you go all in on the first game to try to, go big and have a big lead. Yeah. Or you play it safe and you play, you just rotate your team as you would. And I was telling Graham, it's like, it can, the way this, this is a very interesting situation. And this isn't the first time that this has happened because like we know, Premier League is the best team in the world. It's the, or the Premier League is the best league in the world. So, a lot of times the best teams left are Premier League teams and you will be facing opponents that you know. But that being said, this situation is a little different because you guys play them one time in league too. Um, I was, you know, off podcast, I was kind of talking to Graham about how this could break down very interestingly because I was saying that I think Pep and uh, Poch are going to come to like a gentleman's agreement and be like, look, let's just give the champions league, the best showing we can and rest our and put on our second team in, in the league. It benefits both of them. And honestly, it's not bad to get, you know, your second team, get some of the younger guys minutes. Um, I just think, I think that's the gentleman's thing to do. And that's the best play, especially when, like Graham said, you're playing the same people three times in a row in 14 days and that are in the, that are from the same league as you that, that know you so well. Yeah. I just, and, and not only that, but it's champions league. So it's the added pressure and the added adrenaline as, of you're, champions trying league, as you're trying to move on can just, it just throws the whole equation out of whack. So like Graham was saying, there's a couple of things that man city or, or uh, Tottenham can do. They can, in the first round, they can go full gangbusters, which I think they will. I don't think you're going to be timid the first, first round. The second leg is usually when you see more of the, protect a lead yeah type of thing you wouldn't do that in the first leg so i think everyone's gonna go full out gangbusters on the first match and let the chips fall where they may now it gets interesting when you get into the second game which is in league now this is where it's actually two champions league games then third is it is yeah so that's that's what i'm saying if the champions league goes in the right favor of city they can see, they can get a rest in the Champions League and yes. then play them league. See, okay, this changes it because I thought it was this whole time we were talking. I thought it was league or it was Champions League in domestic and no, then it's a week apart. They play in the Champions. Oh, league. okay. And so then four days later they play in the Premier League. All right, then I revise what I'm saying. That being said, then I think that Man City can easily just do what I'm saying because where I think they're going to fuck themselves. Do they go for it or do they No. Wait. Where, what I think they go for it. Cause what I, like I've been telling the Graham, I don't know why you guys give a fuck about <laughs> the fucking premier league. You already won it. Champions league is the big prize. So I think you go full gangbusters the first two games and say, fuck it and let the chips fall where they may in the league. For sure. I think no Man City, question. I think as a fan, I would tell you that's great. I think it's, for Man City, I think they are going trying to go for the quad, and that's cool. And so but, I think but, they're trying to do anything they can to keep it going. That's cool, but I, I I think I think it's a better situation than it would have been if you guys played, you know, 
Champions League home or domestic and then Champions League. I think the you know two Champions League. It's nice and we don't domestic, have to. It's nice it's we don't have to better. travel. Well, not not even travel, but just I think psychologically it's a better matchup because you can focus on the job, the task at hand, and then you know when you're done with that, go back to the league. I think that's way easier. Yeah. That's way easier than. And trying then after to, playing them twice, you'll have seen things that they've adjusted. Exactly. Going like, to the league. Exactly. It'll be. It's a much better situation than if had it been what I was saying earlier. But that being said, I still think that the smart play here is to just go gangbusters both games. Say fuck it. Don't even give them a chance to get any momentum in the second le- second leg. Even if you're up, don't give them any momentum. Put your foot on their neck and then rest who you need to against them in the league. Because okay, cool, you want to get four trophies. That's cool, but it's not realistic. And Liverpool has their foot on your necks. Do not they want the league, and they want the league. Let them have the league so you can get champions. Let them have it. Let them slip up. Let them make the stupid plays. Let them play all of their players. Just stay in it until the end. Just stay in it. That's all you need. And you you got lucky that you're on the other side of the bracket. So just hope, pray to God that they prioritize uh, Premier and they slip in champions. And just get to the finals. Do you know how, this is just a random thought, but do you know how bad, do you know how bad Man City fans would feel if, if they did all this and then the finals they'd have to play Liverpool. That would be hilarious. I would I would throw something. That would be hilarious. What if what if you guys play Liverpool in the finals, lose to Liverpool, and then lose the league? I would laugh my ass off. That would be just double whammy. You lose the league you'd and champions. A, you'd have to get a new host. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Which be, is possible. This I'll is be, very possible. I'd be out of here. This scenario is very possible, listeners. <laughs> yeah, I'd be fucking out of here. But okay, I say all of that to say is that I think the way that it, it it happened with Man City is is the best way that it could have happened. And that being but said... they got a league team, but it wasn't Liverpool. Well, yeah, that. But just the way the schedule worked out, I yeah. guess is what I'm saying. So I think if I'm Man City, I'm prioritizing Champions League and then just letting whatever needs to happen in that third game happen. You And I was telling Graham too, like, and he brought up the point, like, Man City is so fucking deep. Like, just play your first team... As hard as you can the first two games, I don't give a fuck. If you need to subs, obviously you need subs. And then in the third game, yeah, play second, third team if you have to. Like, fuck it. Because, okay, cool. You want to bring some of those guys on as bench guys at the end. Yes, if you could. Exactly. And if you need to, then yeah, bring bring Aguero on in the 70th minute or something. If you need to. But do not try and have them play every game like it's some bullshit. Because I guarantee you when that next round rolls around... Everyone's going to start being tired here soon. And you do not want that to be in Champions League. I'm telling you. Like, four trophies is cool, but I don't know, man. Like, prioritize champions. Like, no, I would too. As a man, that's all I'm saying. If I was Man City, I would definitely make sure I'm doing well in Champions League. But I'm sure that they're getting, I'm sure that they want to win the league too, just because, you know, it's the Premier League. Oh, of course they do, but eh, prioritize. Yeah. It'll be interesting. And then we have the next champion, the next. Uh, Champions League matchup, which is another Premier League team, Liverpool yeah, yeah. versus Porto. Yeah, I really don't got much to say about this. I'm picking Liverpool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Porto, <laughs> but Liverpool's about to wreck y'all. <laughs> Porto has a lot of good players, and I think they'll put up a good fight, but I just think Liverpool has too much strength up front. They are beastly this year. This is not the same Liverpool that falters when they shouldn't. This Liverpool is ready to go. <laughs> yeah. I'll, well, if they can keep... It'll be interesting to see how it goes. If they and Man City in unison just keep advancing and how they keep prioritizing things. I swear to God, if it's Liverpool-Man City in the final, that would be so awesome. Because the the Champions League final is after the Premier League ends. So if if Man City, like, won 
like let's say it's a crazy end of the finish of the year and like it's like the last game of the year one of the teams wins the league the other team's gonna come out and be like okay we fuck you we're <laughs> yeah and they're gonna oh. have all this t- and they're gonna have all that time to prepare for that team and they're gonna have to play that team yeah and that would be a very dangerous scenario because you'd be so hype off of winning the league you'd be very lazy for that champions yeah. league and they would just demolish you so that yeah. would be an interesting scenario for real it's almost like who probably like playing chicken with winning the premier league yeah honestly because it's like if i'm a coach if how, they advance right if they because if they advance and that happens and you're like a coach how do you handle that scenario it's like all right guys i know you want to celebrate but let's just focus a little because we still got champions like yeah and it's the same team yeah and it's the same fucking team that you've been battling all season that's that's such a mind fuck i really hope that happens now (laughs) i really hope that happens. that'd be really intriguing yeah that'd be a great scenario to talk about liverpool but but back but back to it i mean liverpool yeah we keep jumping back (laughs) yeah liverpool will be i think liverpool advance porto's a good team and i think they'll give them a good fight but liverpool just has too much yeah they got too much like um, like I said, except just... for that one error last game, they... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which I I need to look. We need to look that up after. I still haven't seen that. Yeah, but... basically a, a midfielder passed the ball back to Virgil Van Dyke, the center back, who then headed the ball to Allison. Because that's and always they... a good idea. <laughs> yeah, while the other team's running at Allison, and then they got the ball from Van Dyke, and then Allison went low instead of high, and they kicked it over him for a goal. It was and it was Fulham who's getting relegated. So that was... <laughs> so that's embarrassing. <laughs> and then as he was celebrating, the guy just kind of like walked around with his hands out like that shouldn't have gone in <laughs> like i'll take it but okay yeah. find the clip if you can from the fulham uh liverpool game today march 17th it's it's really funny <laughs> but um yeah we'll see how that goes we're both picking liverpool and then i think the first leg i'm picking man city too and then you pick man yeah, city yeah i'm picking man city yeah we're just gonna we'll just go predictions as we go and then uh the next leg is honestly i for me personally as a neutral fan my favorite just because it's Ronaldo versus this up and coming team, Ajax versus Juventus. Mm. Like Ajax versus Juventus is going to be really interesting because you have a lot of these older veterans along with Ronaldo, plus some up and young, uh, young up and coming guys with Juventus going against this crazy young with some veterans Ajax team. And like we've said, Dutch football at its finest, Johan Cruyff uh, roots. Right. It's going to be. It's crazy to. It's base. It's almost like playing Barcelona right. the way they play. So. Ronaldo has done that in the past, so maybe that'll help him and how they play. But it'll be an interesting matchup to see how Ajax does because they've they played probably one of the best games they've ever played mm-hmm. against Real Madrid. They had they had that free kick that like went soaring in from the left corner into the right side. It was crazy. They had these cr- great goal scoring opportunities. Now, granted, they have great players. Yeah, but it's gonna be interesting to see what they do against Juventus with a team that has these offensive options like Ronaldo, Mario Mandzukic, and Paolo Dybala. It's just interesting because they just got done beating the ghost of Real Madrid that used to have the goat. Yeah, now they have to play. Now Ronaldo. they have to play the goat, and it's just it's very interesting because it's kind of a double edged sword because Juventus. Like you said, they do play similarly to Barcelona and Ronaldo. No, Ajax plays similar to Barcelona. That's what I'm saying. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. Ajax plays similar to Barcelona. So that being said, Ronaldo's like a soccer genius. He knows that, and he's definitely gonna use that to his advantage. Yeah, but for um, those who don't know, uh, Johan Cruyff was a legendary Dutch player that played in the Premier League and and the Spanish league, I think. Yeah, yeah. So he's and he has very uh, influential marks in. Uh, the Spanish league and in the Dutch league. Cause that's where he's from. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot. And he was a coach, right. a re- legendary coach. So when we talk about Johan Cruyff or Cruyffian things, that's just a style of play and like how they play. And he obviously because he coached the Netherlands for so long, a lot of these teams have that style. 
Yeah. Because in the domestic league, a lot of your teams, you're building them kind of as like a system for your national team. And like I said, it all goes back to what we've been saying, like with the cycle and the national team and domestic, it all works as one. So yeah, exactly what Graham was saying. Like that, it, that's why they play that style. So Ronaldo is going to know that. And Juventus also just play, Juventus plays a very old, like I said, old school style because they have these big guys like Mario Mandzukic and Cristiano Ronaldo mm. and these guys that can thread the ball on a, dime like alexandro and paulo dibala hear me out i think that facing real madrid in the last round was the best thing that could have happened to Ajax. i think so too because now maybe not defensively but offensively real still attacks like they played with ronaldo they just couldn't execute because they don't have ronaldo but they still played like they had ronaldo they still had opportunities and they still had opportunities but that being said, Ajax now knows that, and I and granted Juventus, like you said, they play a, they play a little differently. But yeah. I think I think for the most part, it, it's Real Madrid two point I think really the big key for me is you're going to have to get into the box, and you're going to have to, you're going to you might have to play a little bit back, and you're going to have to be in that box when crosses go up because Ronaldo is great at running without having the ball. He's great at tracking the ball in the air. And so is Mario Mandzukic. And that's how they've been scoring a lot recently. If I'm Ajax, I go back and I watch that uh, Brazil footage from the World Cup, how they blanketed Neymar. Who am I thinking of? Who blanketed Neymar? Uh, <sighs> which team? I don't remember. Was it in the 16, round of 16? I think. Fuck. But was, I want to say, uh, who, who did we play? But whoever fucked Neymar, like just blanketed us. That is who I think Ajax needs to take a book out of. I, you you don't want to play timidly because then, you know, Juventus, too much talent to ball, you know, there's too much talent. But you de- defensively, what you need to do, I think you got to just blanket Ronaldo. You got to make it as uncomfortable for him as as possible. Um, was it the, was it playing Belgium? Who did we play before Belgium? It was Mexico. No, who am I thinking of? Was it Switzerland? Switzerland, yeah, yes. that was in the group stage. It was Switzerland. It was in the group stage, and they literally just played physical just as tackling, fuck. Yeah. They were just tackling. But just, Neymar is a different player than Ronaldo because is. Neymar is a smaller player, whereas Ronaldo can kind of take that punishment. He he can, but he gets uncomfortable. If you make him uncomfortable, that's what you want. Make make the ball. Make these other players do it. That's I think honestly that's your best play if you ask me. Just blanket the goal. Make the other players win. Make the other players do it because as much as L- Ronaldo is very similar to LeBron, whereas like you blanket LeBron and you just make the other guys beat you. That's your best play at all points in time, and that's really your best play with Ronaldo. It's a completely different game, and there's completely other world class talents out there. I know. But hear me out. If you blanket Ronaldo, I just think psychologically for this Juve team, he's been carrying them up until this point. That comes from behind win with Atletico. That was all Ronaldo. If there's no Ronaldo magic and he's frustrated, I think Ajax might be able to get him. And I really hope, and I, honestly, for me personally, I really want Ajax to win because I really be love insane. watching them. They've, be been, they've been amazing this year. If they were to make it all the way to the semifinals or even the finals of the Champions League. I wonder if Frankie Dion would se- have second thoughts about oh, going to Barca. Sure. For sure, he would. Yeah, like never mind. You know what? I'm good. I'm cool. <laughs> Just give me a pay raise, and <laughs> right. I'm good. And I'm good. Because I mean, Ajax actually has pretty decent money for a team because they are one of the best teams in the. They're the best team in uh, the Netherlands. Right. So they they generate pretty good money. They're like the they're like the big flagship team there, along with like uh, 
PSF, PSV Einhoff and stuff like that. But I mean, I really want IX to make it through just because I really love how they play and I love the style. It's it's kind of similar to watching Man City because uh, Pep was under Johan Cruyff at Barcelona, so he knows some of those same principles. So I really like watching them in that way. And also, they just have a lot of young, talented players. So it might be good for the Netherlands coming up soon. Yeah, man. I, like I said, the past couple of World Cups, Netherlands been off their cycle. So they're coming. You got to watch out for them. And then finally, we have Man United versus Barcelona, which is on paper, which is if you just look at the face value of it, the names, that's probably the biggest matchup that you can have in the quarterfinals. I mean, in terms of clubs, this is definitely the biggest matchup. This is like one and two in terms of club notoriety. No question. No question. One and two. So that being said, yeah, I agree with you. I'm really pissed that we had to get Barcelona after facing Ronaldo in the fucking group stage. They're not that good. They're not, but it's still messy. Like, who who was really good in the Leon game? He was cutting them apart. Destroying them. So it's like, okay, yeah. In, on paper, this is probably like a decent matchup, but it's like, going to have Messi coming at your center backs, which is a problem. Which is a very big problem. <laughs> and granted, we've been playing the best defense I've seen Man U play since that one run with Jose last or Jose last year. We've been playing amazing defense, but that being said, we're still shaky. Who's going to guard Usman Dembele on the wing? I don't. I don't know. Don't ask me these questions. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's too much firepower. That's my problem. Is that they just have a lot of pace? They have a lot of pace. They have a lot of. They have a lot of. What's what's the word I'm looking for? They're also they have a young, talented talent. midfield. It's just it's so much talent, creative midfield, pace, creativity have, on the ball. They have Ivan Rakitic and Sergio Busquets still. It's a lot. It's it's just a lot to deal with. That and, and it's how I and honestly, my take isn't going to be that different from PSG. It's how I felt about PSG. It's just a lot to handle. That being said, we handled PSG with less than ten of our starters. So it's just like. I don't really know what to expect. This is really the the toss up game or the toss up games. I think of the of the what where are we at quarters. I, yeah, the quarterfinals. Yeah, I, I really think this is the toss up game because man, you at our best. I think we can definitely match up with Barca, but it's just like it's still Barca. <laughs> like everything up until this point suggests that this is going to be a great matchup. But in the pit of my stomach, I still just feel like we're going to get Molly Watts. But does everything, <laughs> does everything to this point to you as a Man United fan kind of feel like a bonus right now? That's And that and that's another thing that I said off camera is that I don't know how much of this is still just the elation that Jose's gone. Once that wears off, I don't know how well just, we're going to play. I just mean as a fan, like is how far you're advancing like a bonus to you at all? Oh, 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 how I, yeah. of course it's a bonus. God, I didn't, all of this is a bonus. We should have been out a long time ago. So Every, well, you guys played well under Mourinho in the group stages, so at least we did. you knew you were going to advance. We did, and I, that's true. That's a good point. But that I, I didn't expect much from Champions this week. I didn't expect us to win Champions this year. This wasn't our year. Yeah. So all of this is for sure icing on the cake. Don't get me wrong. Because like, if you make it to the semifinals, then at that point you have to feel somewhat confident. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. Like I said, I, when we beat PSG, I was telling Graham, oh, we're winning champions. I've yeah. come back to earth. It's probably not going to happen. But if we for real beat Barcelona, no, it's over. I'm, you, nobody's going to be able to tell me shit. We're winning, the, we're winning champions. No question. But that's so – it's just one of those things where it's like at our best, sure, I could see us competing. But, at, on, but on paper, you still just want to be like, it's Barcelona. It's messy. It's so much talent. How? So – <laughs> I don't know. I think I think honestly, this and the Ajax game are the are the best yeah, matchups. I would agree, even as a City fan. Yeah, I like. I'll watch the City. I'll I'll watch all these games, which is nice. Oh, They're sure. over two days, so I can watch one on my, on the TV and one on my phone. I don't have to miss a bunch of time. And they're around like three o'clock here in uh, 
we're in the Eastern time zone. So yeah, in the States, because I know y'all fucking with us out yeah. out in France, you know, yeah. shout out y'all. Uh, what was this city? <laughs> Robo? I'm, I'm mispronouncing that. I don't know. <laughs> but shout out y'all. We saw y'all on the, on the, on the, on our stats. So shout out, shout out France, you know, shout out, shout out California. Out. Yeah. Shout out Cali. They fucking with us out in Cali. So uh, I'm doing the shout outs early, but we fucking with y'all. We appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, we were, pr- we pretty much had, I mean, yeah, I think at the end, we of, did our predictions. Yeah. So. I think at the end of the day, what we all want is a, a Derby final. <laughs> yes yes that is a great way to end the red and blue at the end of the day what we want is a derby final so let's pray for that and and it. they're on the different sides of the bracket now so they they wouldn't meet until the final yeah so it's definitely possible i mean that like we said on the last podcast that would light the the freaking uh city on fire and if, just think of who we'd have to beat to get through it we have to be barcelona and liverpool if we if that yeah, happens man city would have to be would have to man city be beating Tottenham and yuva, yuva. Assuming yeah. Yuva wins, obviously. yeah, uh, or a really good Ajax team, yeah, or or yeah, or a historic. Honestly, Ajax I kind of don't want Ajax. <laughs> yeah, I my Molly Wap here. You all know, but uh, yeah, I think I think for the most part, the four of us think it's going to be chalk, Man City, yeah, Liverpool, Juventus, and Barcelona. But I think the last two are definitely more toss ups than the pre than the two former. Facts, I completely agree. So I definitely think one side of each of the brackets going to be interesting. Um, if Man City and Liverpool are waiting in the semis and they have to play Juventus and Barcelona, that's going to be a real challenge. Or Juventus and Man U, that'll be a real challenge. And then Man United will have the same issue of playing a team domestically and internationally. Yeah, that won't be fun. But, <laughs> hey, I mean, it is what it is, and we're in Champions League now, and both of our teams are still in it, and that's the fun part. That's the fun part. So, I mean, we'll be the Champions League starts in uh, early April, so we'll be back. We'll be back for Champions League, probably a little bit of a Premier League update. Yeah, we'll do some Premier League because it's been a while since we did Premier yeah. League just because there hasn't been much. So we'll probably touch on the league. The we'll do a quick podcast. Yeah, we'll do a quick update and then we'll do the updates after the first leg and second leg. So yeah, yeah. it'll be it'll be probably more like two, two and a half weeks, maybe three weeks, depending on just how the time, how the news flows. But so far, so good. I mean, the champ, the Premier League right now, it's I mean, it's a two horse race. It's Liverpool, Man City. We knew what it was. So, I mean. We'll have those discussions on the next podcast. Maybe we'll see what happens as these next few fixtures yeah, come out. It's going to get interesting here. But there's only seven fixtures left in the Premier League. Champions League, we're in the quarterfinals. Yep, we see. know where the semifinals are going. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting time for it's, soccer it's right now. It's winding down, but it's getting to the nitty-gritty. It's going to be interesting end of the season. This near almost two-year cycle of soccer from the last end of last season to the World Cup through this year. Yep, it's almost done. It's almost done. Almost. And then we'll have, and then we have a break, and then we get Euros next summer. Yes. So, keep stay with us on the Red and Blue podcast. We'll be back soon, coming up with all your best Premier League stuff, all your best Champions League stuff. Yes, sir. Check us out on TreeCityRecords.com. Yeah, you guys already know, man. Shout outs to everybody. We already shouted out France. We already shouted out Cali. Shout out everybody that's fucking with the podcast. Definitely check out. Uh, updates. Join the Tree City Street team at TreeCityRecords.com. You get updates on everything we do on uh, what am I saying? The Tree City Sports Podcast because that's going to be coming back. Andrew just got back. So that's going to be yeah, coming back. Yeah, we've had a hiatus there because Andrew's been on vacation. But the Browns bit. are smoking, so yeah. shit's going to get crazy. We're going to have a podcast about the Browns <laughs> coming up soon and it's it's become quite a big deal here. So, yeah, so you'll hear my manifesto and my 
thoughts on I'm, that. I might have to hop guess. on just to hop on. So maybe you'll hear me I on mean, that. We're going to have to do some draft talk soon. And now the Browns don't have a pick in the first round. So we might have to talk some Packers. Talk some Packers, man. Packers Y'all, I'll hop on. I'll hop round. on. We can do it. So, so definitely check out for the Tree City Sports Podcast. Check out for new music. We got a bunch of new stuff dropping soon. I've been super lacking, but I got some stuff cooking. I got some concepts coming, and the EP is coming. I don't know what I'm going to do, but it's going to be a concept EP, and it's coming. So don't worry. New stuff coming. Uh, Ozzy's uh, dropping his project soon. It's going to be a banger uh, with a bunch of pro- with a bunch of songs on it, like 19 songs. So definitely look out for that. Biggs, I think, wants to drop an EP soon. So look out for that. He- both of them have single new singles out right now at TreeCityRecords.com. Uh, yeah, and thank you guys for fucking with us, man. We appreciate you. Thank you so much, and we will catch you guys next time. Peace.